Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to World Soccer Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. Also, we are broadcasting on the American Forces Network, and I would like to welcome all of our men and women in uniform around the world to the show. Great to have you with us. <clears throat> Big day today. It is Friday. The international break is over, thank goodness. Uh, so today, in keeping with tradition, it will be the patented Premier League preview show which we do every Friday prior to the Premier League. Let's take a look at some of the odds swirling around the world of this weekend's Premier League football. Uh, those odds, of course, courtesy of our presenting sponsor, betonline.ag. It is a pleasure and a privilege to have them with us. Uh, we're going to take a look at that. I'm going to break down every single Premier League match. Plus, I have a couple of apologies to make to my listeners for the week. I was woefully misinformed about a couple of things regarding the Nations League. So I am going to... Uh, do a little mere culpa for you coming up after the break and uh, correct myself, as indeed I need correcting. Uh, anyhow, that's what's on the table today. And there are some wonderful matches to look forward to this weekend. Uh, kicking off the early match, Newcastle-Chelsea tomorrow. We have Tottenham-Manchester City, which is a mouth-watering fixture uh, at the best of times. We have Man United playing West Brom. Uh, we have the Liverpool-Leicester game, which is, I, I suppose, along with the Tottenham-Man City game, which you would one would consider that the marquee fixture of the weekend. Uh, Arsenal will be facing Leeds United uh, and Wolves-Southampton. There are a bunch of other fixtures. We're going to take you through all the games, up to and including the Monday matches. Uh, so if you would like to uh, place a little wager here or there, I'm going to just give you some advice and some direction about where you may want to go. Once again, if you're going to gamble and uh, betonline.ag is the place to do it, please do it responsibly. Have a little fun. Uh, don't make it a little bit of fun and not a career. Okay? All right. I'm going to step aside here in a minute. Just want to remind you that you can find me on Twitter at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. You can find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. I would love to hear from you. If you've got a question or comment, please send it to me there, and I'll more than happy ad happily address it here on the show. Okay. I'm going to take a brief break, gather my thoughts, check the latest odds, and I'll be back with you on the other side. All right, welcome back to World Soccer Radio, presented by BetOnline.ag. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. Great to be with you. By the way, we're on uh, the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. We're on Sirius XM 211. We're on American Forces. But if you miss any part of the show, you can always get the show in its entirety as soon as it's concluded at our podcast network, and that would be the Believe Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-V, or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And I'm not the only soccer show on there. They've got a couple of great ones. BSI, the podcast, which features Benny Failhaber, Sal Zizo, Ico Parra. Uh, that's a show where they call up uh, a weekly guest. They talk football, current events, share behind-the-scenes stuff. Really fun show, by the way. Enjoy it a lot. It's a great download. If you're, uh, if you're 
enjoying football or soccer, global soccer, uh, global football, soccer. And then, of course, there's the Shep Messing Daily Cast. Now, look, when you want to talk about uh, American legends of the global game, uh, Shep Messing, certainly one of them, very New York, uh, Mr. Messing, uh, and, of course, his show about the Red Bulls, a great daily show about the Red Bulls, the Shep Messing Daily Cast. I would recommend it highly. Head over there right now. Now, look, last week when I was giving you the breakdown of the Nations League group stages, which have now concluded, I was incorrect because I was completely confused and not realizing, of course, that we were going straight from the group phases to the semifinals. Now, I'm, I'm going to couch that with some perspective here in a second. So there were only four teams that came out of the group stages. It was done on points and coefficient and, and goal differential and, and, and this, that, and the other. Uh, there were only four teams that came out of it and uh, into, into the semifinals. And that was France and Belgium would be the first semifinal. And the second semifinal... Uh, was going to be Italy and Spain. And so this will be the second UEFA Nations League final that they've had. And I know everyone very excited about the Nations League, he says, kind of rolling his eyes a little bit. But, but it is better than all the meaningless friendlies we've had. But here's the rub. If you did get into the Nations League, if you did follow it, if you did care enough to listen to my broadcast about my Nations League roundup at the end of the group stages and say, Nick, you don't know what you're talking about because that's not what happens when the group stages end at the Nations League. If you cared that much about it, you would be completely within your rights to be absolutely bewildered if I tell you this as a verified fact the Nations League semifinals, and again, the group stages just wrapped up. They set the semifinals. That was that happened, like, you know, over the weekend. And we're now, what are we, mid-November, end of November, of course, we're coming up to Thanksgiving. The Nations League semifinals will not be held until October of next year. That is literally 11 months Upon the conclusion of the group stages, they will hold the semifinals and then the finals of the Nations League. Now, I, I, I'm sorry. I, you know, this is stupid, pointless, denigrates the value of the Nations League. And if you needed to shut down for COVID, that's what you want to shut down. I, I know why this whole thing's extended is because of COVID and the break and the shutdown and the comeback and all the rest of this stuff. But, you know, let's be honest. No one really gives that much of a rodent's rectum about the Nations League. Yeah, as I said, it's fun. It's kind of better than watching a bunch of meaningless friendlies. But it is very possible, you know, that you could have had a no-trophy Nations League, or you could have given the trophy to the team that finished with the most points and the most goals, or some coefficient that everybody could have agreed on, rather than going through these group stages, setting the table, and then making everybody wait a complete and full year until the semifinals and then the finals of the competition. 11 months from now, in the, we would have had the Euros under our belt already. 
is anybody going to give a hoot in hell about the UEFA Nations League finals? The problem here is this is all about the wrong things. You know, when I read, for example, now this didn't happen in the Nations League final, in the Nations League, but, but let me use this as an example. Mohamed Salah went over to international duty and got coronavirus. He will not be playing in Liverpool's clash this weekend against Leicester City at the King Power. Oh, pardon me, at Anfield. Was it really that important? And you might say, yeah, you know, playing for Egypt, African Cup of Nations, yada, yada, yada. Okay, fine. That's a little bit different, although they do have that tournament seemingly every six months. But let's just say you have a player, a Jordan Henderson, that goes out to play for England to play in the final match. They won't even get into the semifinals that would be played next year, and he gets injured and can't play for his club team. Why bother? Jack Grealish. I mean, I suppose Man City fans are breathing a sigh of relief. <laughs> Raheem Sterling <laughs> didn't play over this last break. I mean, it, I, I just think the whole thing is completely out of whack, skewed, unreasonable, and silly. And if you, But if you were to say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and play the finals of the Nations League, on the Saturday or next week or, you know, whatever it is, next international break, although I have to look when that is. Um, hey, I'd be fine with it. Semi-final, final, make it happen, put it in a tournament, put it to bed. But don't take a tertiary tournament that not many people really care about. I will say most people think it's an improvement over friendlies, so, you know, we'll tip our hat to that. But don't give me a tournament that people don't really care about and say... Off, we're going to hold the semifinals and the finals of this tournament a year from now. Oh, by the way, which will be after the really big tournament that everybody really does care about. It's cynical. It puts people at risk in this COVID environment of pandemics and teams having to keep bubbles. I'm not sure what international managers are going to do because the teams they're going to look at a year from now could potentially be radically different than the teams that they're fielding today. So I don't know what the benefit of this was other than to line the coffers of UEFA or provide contractual fulfillment for whatever broadcast contracts they have for the Europa League. It smells like money it is smells like the players come last and look let's not forget you know we're in this sort of compressed COVID environment where the leagues kind of started late and you know they ended late and we had the lockdown players are playing a ridiculous amount of games in a short period of time why would you want to subject them to extra international football when they don't need to be subjected to such. If you wanted to finish the Europa League off during this life cycle, there's people that won't be alive <laughs> by next year's uh, Nations League final if they really cared that much about it. What do you think? Let me know. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. Do you share my indignation about just how silly this is? 
it's not like the Euros where you can delay them a year. The Euros are one of the two biggest international football tournaments on the planet. Okay, you've got the World Cup and you've got the Euros. I'm not talking about club football now. And yeah, you can argue Copa America, African Cup of Nations, blah, blah. I'm sorry. It's the World Cup one, and it's the Euros not too far behind. So I can understand postponing those a year, but postponing a completely meaningless tournament only in its second year that was really put in to overcome the friendly issue is just silly. Okay, when I come back, Premier League or Premier League preview coming right up. Welcome back, World Soccer Radio, presented by BetOnline.ag. And with the NFL and all of the European football seasons in full swing, while you might not be at the game this year, you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. Whether it's game spreads and totals or team players and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place on the internet and there's always the online casino as well, which must like the casinos. Here in my hometown of Las Vegas, they do not close. So why don't you head over to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today and make BetOnline your online sportsbook experts. And I will be giving you the odds for this weekend's Premier League games. These are all, of course, courtesy of Bet Online. All right, welcome back. By the way, I'm with you every Monday through Friday, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific. That's 9 p.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday, uh, on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211. Then again, at midnight Pacific time, that's 3 a.m. Eastern time, and I will be on courtesy of Sports Overnight America, as well as American Forces, iHeart, TuneIn, and the Believe Podcast Network. So lots of ways to get the show, lots of ways to listen to the show, and of course, lots of ways to communicate with me, either via uh, Twitter, at Nikiber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, or Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. All right, let's get to it. The Premier League is back. Thank goodness. Oh, I'm so tired of international football, especially when you have to wait a year for the, for the semifinals. Um... And l- why, don't we, why don't we start right into it? Because the first match we have is at St. James's Park. It's Newcastle against Chelsea. And really, this is a tale of uh, two different teams in two different sets of form. Um, Chelsea, really, this sort of international break came at a bad time for them, in my opinion, because I thought that they were um, really hitting their stride you know, in, in a big way. And just to keep this in perspective, Chelsea only lost one game, and that was the second match of the season back in the end of September, and that was at home to Liverpool. Since then, they've, uh, they've won three, they've drawn three. Admittedly, some of the results against teams like, um, you know, Southampton was a disappointment, and I know West Brom uh, was a disappointment, although defensively was their sort of undoing on those games. But they are definitely on a bit of a roll. They, uh, they've won, they, they've been unbeaten in their last six, as I just mentioned. And Newcastle, on the other hand, a little bit of the opposite situation. Um, 
This is a team lost their last outing uh, 2-0 away to Southampton, which was a very, very uh, disappointing performance. Um, if I were to tell you that that was one of the most disappointing performances I've seen this season, I would not be lying. I mean, they, they just looked awful. So, uh, you know, the question is, are they going to look awful after the international break still? I would likely think they will. And even though I believe Pulisic is out, well, I know for a fact that Christian Pulisic is out with an in injury, and I believe Kay Havertz is out, Kai Havertz is out with an injury as well. So even though they'll be without um, those two really important players, I don't see that stopping Chelsea in their stride. I think this is going to be um, uh, a, a, a bit of a whomping. And while Newcastle United do score goals and Chelsea's defense is certainly uh, subject to uh, a little uh, some, some questionable defending, uh, I do see Chelsea winning. It will not be a, a, a shutout, though. I see this as being a 3-1 Chelsea victory. Let's take a look at some of the odds on this one and what those look like right now and I'm looking for a pen as I talk to you because I like to write this down so that you guys can hold me accountable for my picks on uh, on Tuesday's show. Uh, let's take a look here. Uh, Newcastle currently plus 500. They are the long shot uh, to win at home. Chelsea minus 213. That's not really great value for the win. Uh, over 2.5 is minus 120. Um, under 2.5 is plus 100. So the odds makers agreeing with me on this one. I'm saying Chelsea are winning, and I'm going to take the over on this one. I'm saying this is going to be 3-1 scoreline. So those are my picks, but I'm not sure that there is a great big barrel of value in that match in particular. Uh, coming up next, Villa Park will host Brighton. And I tell you what, I mean, Aston Villa are the surprise package of the season. They are not great at home. Uh, if I look at their results over the last, what have they played, seven? Uh, they, they beat uh, Sheffield United at home for the first game of the season. And then they did beat Liverpool at home 7-2. That was a huge result. But other than that, they lost to Leeds United at home. Uh, they lost to Southampton at home. Uh, they've really primarily been an away team. Having said that, I love the way they're playing. Uh, with players like um, Jack Grealish and Ross, Ross Barkley and Ollie Watkins. I mean, there's a lot to like about Villa. Um, and they are coming off a huge win before the international break. 3-0 away at the Emirates against Arsenal. That was the type of win that really a team can galvanize behind. And when you combine that with the incredible 7-2 the shellacking of champions Liverpool back in October at Villa Park. This is a team that can beat anyone on their day. The only question mark I'm going to have is because they're going to be playing a Brighton team that is, uh, uh, let's be honest, uh, pretty awful. I mean, Brighton are pretty awful. They looked okay early on in the season, and they did get that result against Newcastle United early on in the season at St. James's Park. But they are winless in their last six games. I don't think that's changing here at Villa Park. I'm not convinced that this is going to be an Aston Villa win because it's at home where they haven't been incredibly brilliant other than, say, the Liverpool match. So I, I'm going to actually take a flyer on this one. I'm going to say... Right now, the odds are plus 120 for Villa, 
Uh, plus 199 for Brighton. <coughs> Excuse me. So Villa, the home favorites. The draw, though, plus 250. I have to take the draw on this one. I don't think this is going to be a particularly high-scoring draw. I'm going to say this is likely to be a 1-1 draw. Or, mm, unlikely to be a 0-0. But I'm going to say 1-1. Uh, uh, so let's choose a 1-1 draw from that. I'm going to note all of my score predictors here. Uh, as we go along. The next match is really the match of the weekend outside of the Leicester-Liverpool match on Sunday. This is really the match that I'm probably most excited about uh, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in, um, in London. Spurs will be hosting Manchester City. And they are hosting a Manchester City side that has been revitalized since the uh, contract renewal of the manager, Pep Guardiola. They've kind of put all that to bed. Uh, listen, I think the ownership did a great job here. If there was any time to get the old man to sign the contract extension, I believe it was a two-year contract he signed, this was it because the team has been struggling this year. They've been a little stale. They've been a little rudderless. And I think this really is exactly what they needed. Both these teams have been on a really good run. Uh, this is going to be a fabulous match. This will really give you a lot of information about where we're going for the rest of the season. Tottenham currently sitting in second place. City, of course, languishing uh, in 10th place, really courtesy of a lack of wins, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> they've played seven games. They've only won three games. They beat Wolves. They beat Arsenal 1-0, and they beat Sheffield United 1-0. They did draw Liverpool their last match out. They've drawn West Ham. They've drawn Leeds. And, of course, they lost 5-2, if you remember, uh, at the Etihad uh, to Leicester City earlier on in the season, that kind of weird period where they're losing 5-2 to Leicester. Liverpool's losing to Aston Villa. It was just a kind of almost a surreal time. But... I really think this is a uh, fabulous matchup because, look, we know just how influential Harry Kane can be for Tottenham. We know how wily Jose Mourinho is as a manager, especially defense setting up defensively against teams like Man City. I mean, you can call it boring, boring football, and Tottenham certainly haven't been playing that all that much this season. They have been out there. They have been scoring goals. In fact, I, I want to say short of Chelsea – they're uh, the second-highest goal-scoring team uh, in the league this year so far. Defensively, they've been exceptionally good. Uh, interestingly enough, where City have had problems this season, it's going forwards. They haven't looked very good going forward. And prevailing wisdom right now is, uh, and the odds makers have it, that Man City are actually the favorites at minus 120. And while I think that's not a bad idea, current form, I like Tottenham at home at plus 290. That's going to be my pick. By the way, the draw plus 275. I, I don't think this is going to be a particularly high-scoring game. I'm going to suggest this is a maybe a one niller, but I'm going to go Tottenham um, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium for my pick. Okay, we've got one more match to do for Saturday. Uh, I've got like one more minute, so let's make it quick. It's Man United-West Brom. This is at Old Trafford. And, you know, United haven't won at home all season in the Premier League, and that is absolutely going to end, 
Okay, they will win this game. They had a great win at Everton last uh, last outing. Uh, yeah, they they've had some incredible collapses in those times that they've looked really really shaky. Uh, but you know they're playing uh, West Brom, and I, I, this West Brom team uh, just isn't. Uh, particularly brilliant to say the least they are languishing they are winless on the season i'm going to take the man united to win this game not a lot of detail we need to go into here man united though no real value plus 294 i'm going to take that all right when we come back let's talk the sunday games let's talk the monday games right here on world soccer radio is fun uh the premier league matches we have set up this weekend welcome back world soccer radio i'm your host nick geber find me on twitter at nick geber n-i-c-k-g-e-b-e-r and and on facebook facebook.com forward slash world soccer radio i'm with you each and every weeknight 6 p.m pacific 9 eastern time on the sports byline broadcast network and sirius xm 211 dan patrick sports then again at midnight pacific 3 a.m eastern time for your early birds and you can hear me there on Sports Overnight America. So lots of ways to get the show, and you can get the show right after it's over. Also on our podcast network, if you missed any part of it or just didn't catch it at all and wanted to download it and listen to it at your convenience, you can do that by going to our podcast network, which is the Believe, B-L-E-A-V, podcast network. Okay, let's move along. We were uh, just wrapped up the Saturday matches. Let's move on to the Sunday matches in the Premier League. And let's start at Craven Cottage, where Fulham are going to be hosting Everton. And if there's ever a match that Everton needed, it was this one. Uh, you know, they were riding high. Everton were top of the table on uh, the 17th of October where they hosted Liverpool for the Merseyside derby at Craven, Craven Cottage. They were unbeaten in their last four games. This was a huge match. And they drew it. I, I thought they played well. I, I mean, I thought it was a fair result. Well, actually, I thought Liverpool should have won, but that's just me, okay? But that was a good result. Since that result, they have been on a bit of a death spiral. They have not won in the last four games. They had successive losses against Southampton away, against Newcastle away, and then a humiliating home loss against Man United 3-1. Look, Ancelotti has a good side. I think they started brightly. People really thought Everton, this could be it for them. This could be a great year for them. And it has just been an absolutely awful implosion uh, since that time they've conceded 14 goals on the season which is a lot when you consider teams like Leicester and Tottenham have conceded nine yeah you can say Liverpool have conceded 16 but I think you've got to take that 11 goal uh, seven goal shellacking at Aston Villa out of the equation because it was a real anomaly so they're conceding too many goals and yeah they're scoring goals maybe they could score a few more but I don't think that's really the problem uh, Fulham on the other hand look uh, you know, I've always liked Fulham. They're currently out of the relegation zone. They've won one game on the season, and that was against West Bromwich Albion, another real struggler on um, on the season. West Brom below them in the table. 
you know, <laughs> Fulham are not really scoring any goals, and they are conceding a fair number of goals. Their latest result was a very unfortunate uh, 1-0 loss away at West Ham. I think they could probably feel aggrieved by that game if they got that penalty that they should have got. Um, it's uh, reasonable to think they would have at least got a point or, th or, or three points out of that. So look, this is a big game for Ancelotti. I suggest Everton are going to win this. Let's take a look at the odds. It is away. They are minus 110 away. I'm going to take that. I can't predict how many goals they're going to be. I suppose it depends on how Everton feel. If they want to knock some in, they're going to find uh, they're going to find an available back of the net at Craven Cottage. But uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, I'm going to say 2-1. Uh, 2-1. So over two and a half goals is minus 111. That would be that would be the over on this one. All right. Next up. Uh, on next up on the list, uh, we are going to go to Bramall Lane where Sheffield United will be hosting West Ham United. Of course, we talked about uh, West Ham's... Um, we talked about West Ham's results. We spoke about them a little earlier. I, I guess, for me, the surprise of the season is, in fact, Sheffield United. Uh, you know, I thought they looked terrific last season. They ended the season on a down note last season. There's no doubt about that. I mean, they were really flying high most of the season overperforming but they are winless on the season and when i say they're winless on the season i should actually say they've yet to lot not lose a game but one and that was a 1-1 draw at bramall lane against fulham if chris wilder can't get this game on straight and beat west ham united at home I, I think he's on the chopping block. I certainly don't think uh, anyone at Sheffield United thought they were going to be at this point in the season, dead bottom of the table, where they have played eight games and they have one point on the season. They are already 17 points off the league leaders. I mean, the strugglers this season in the Premier League was Brighton, Fulham, West Brom, Burnley, Sheffield. They are really struggling. We are seven, eight games into the season. We have three teams that are yet to win a single game. This is a make-or-break game for Sheffield United. Let's take a look at the odds makers. The odds makers actually have West Ham as the away favorites on this game, a plus 146. They have... Sheffield United at plus 193. Folks, I think that is the value on the season for me, despite the fact that Sheffield have only scored four, four goals in eight games. Um, West Ham and West Ham have only conceded 10 goals, so defensively they're pretty good. I like this, this particular game. I think that Sheffield United turned this around. I'm going to take Sheffield United, and I'm going to take a 1-0 scoreline on this game. All right. Let's move along to the next game on the list. And uh, this one is at Ellen Road, where Leeds will be hosting Arsenal. And it is wonderful, I must say, to have Leeds back in the Premier League. It's been an awfully long time. And, you know, other than the last two games where they lost against Leicester and they lost against Crystal Palace, they've actually had a really good season 
They started off with a loss against Liverpool, but, you know, so what? By the way, they went toe-to-toe in Liverpool uh, in that game. It was a 4-3 loss. Uh, they did lose to, to Wolves. Leeds United are one of the most entertaining teams you're going to see in the Premier League this season. They really only have, you know, one. they are a one-trick pony, and that is attack, 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 pace, speed, never say die, go at it, and they're going to be... Um, ready for redemption after that defeat against Palace. And again, uh, you know, it was a ridiculous offside decision that kind of set the table for that defeat. But look, um, Leeds are going to go for it because that's what they do. Arsenal are struggling big time. Uh, That 3-0 home defeat against Villa was a shocker for them. Of course, losing at home to Leicester was a shocker to them. Uh, They did lose uh, away to Man City, although only 1-0. But look, Arsenal have had trouble. They have only lost, they've won two in their last five. They've lost three. And Arsenal's problem is they are just not scoring goals. Defensively, they're not horrible, but they're not scoring goals. Leeds United are scoring goals, but defensively, they're pretty horrible. I think, for me, that this game smells of a high-scoring Arsenal win. Because I think Leeds, as good of a team as they are, I think they're going to have difficulty with Arsenal. Arsenal can have a fairly dynamic attack if they get their act together, and Arsenal are going to be ripe to come out of the slump that they're in. Uh, I like Arsenal for this one, and they are plus 128. They're actually the favorites. I'm not even going to predict how many goals on that one. All right, next up, Liverpool-Leicester. This is the other marquee match on the season. I love this. Former Liverpool coach Brendan Rodgers, of course, currently at the helm of high-flying Leicester City, and they're always impressive. Jamie Vardy, uh, who could really do incredible things. Liverpool beset by injuries and COVID diagnoses and players that can't play, of course, uh, you know, Virgil van Dijk is a huge, absolutely huge hole for them. And uh, it's going to be very, it's, it has been very difficult to plug. And they've tried, you know, various methods of doing that uh, with varying success. Um, you know, so it's centre-backs that's a problem for Liverpool. Uh, and Jamie Vardy is going to absolutely exploit that. Though they're probably going to put is maybe uh, Joel Matip and Fabinho in the back. If um, if he's fit, if not, maybe they'll deputize uh, Jordan Henderson, in which case I don't think that's really the best thing for Liverpool, but probably all they got. Liverpool have been on, you know, a reasonable fly. They've only lost one game all season, and that, of course, was that horrific game against Aston Villa. Uh, they're coming off the 1-1 draw away at the Etihad against Manchester City. Uh, so I think this game is a turning point for Liverpool, and I cannot see them losing this game. Oh, by the way, Trent Alexander-Arnold will be out as well. But a, a lot of their sort of dynamism and the axes with which they play are in question mark because of injuries. I'm going to take a 1-1 draw on this game. I'm going to choose the draw at Anfield, Liverpool-Leicester, plus 250. By the way, if you're wondering, Liverpool were the big favorites here at minus 104. And I'll recap all of these picks. I'm going to say this is a 1-1. Or a Liverpool win. So these are your two options. 
But I don't think there's a great value in minus 104. I like the plus 250 for the draw. Okay, next up, let's go Monday. Um, then this one is between Burnley and Crystal Palace. Uh, this is at Turf Moor. Uh, Crystal Palace for me, uh, look, I really enjoy watching Crystal Palace play. I have, they've been one of my favorite teams to watch over the last couple of seasons. Uh, beating Leeds United at home 4-1, that was a great game. Of course, they did lose to Wolves, but they've had some good results beating teams like Fulham and Brighton. And uh, they did beat Man United earlier on in the season, if you remember. They beat Southampton. So they're beating the teams that you would expect them to beat. And if you're looking at the sort of the bigger picture about this, you'd have to say to yourself, okay, uh, Burnley, who are 19th in the table, are one of those teams that they should beat. And I absolutely think that is the case. The odds makers have them very close to uh, even odds on this. It's plus 171 for Burnley, plus 169 for Palace. I like Palace away on this game. And I'm going to tell you, Burnley just have scored three goals on the season, the lowest number of any team in the league. They've conceded 12 goals on the season, which, you know, while not nearly as bad as Sheffield or West Brom or even Leeds United, uh, isn't that great. Palace are knocking in a fair number of goals at 12. They're going to win this one, folks. And I'm going to say this is going to be 2-1 to Palace. At, and at uh, plus 169, there's a little juicy value in there. You definitely want to go. You're definitely going to want to take that. All right. One last match here to get to. It's Wolverhampton Wanderers against Southampton. This is at Molyneux. Uh, let's take a look at this one. Uh, Wolves are plus 142. Uh, Southampton plus 198. Uh, Southampton currently uh, fourth in the table. Uh, they are flying high a little bit. They've had a series of excellent results. Uh, they haven't. They lost the first two games of the season unbeaten since then. Uh, Wolves have had a couple of some great results in a row, but they're recently losing 1-0 at Leicester. By the way, I thought Wolves played pretty well on that game. This is going to be a tough game to pick. Uh, this is at Molyneux. Wolves are the favorites. I'm actually going to say this is a draw, a plus 210. Okay, those are my picks. Hope you've enjoyed them. i got to go to break. I'll be right back, and we'll wrap them all up on World Soccer Radio. All right, you're back with Nick Bieber on World Soccer Radio, presented by BetOnline.ag. Literally, we have uh, maybe a minute and a half or two minutes. And I wanted to recap all of the Premier League picks for you uh, for the weekend. And the odds that I'm going to give you here are courtesy of our presenting sponsor, BetOnline.ag. Let's start at St. James's Park, Newcastle, Chelsea. I'm going to pick Chelsea at minus 213 for the win. Then we have Villa Park, Aston Villa hosting Brighton. I'm going to take the draw. I'm thinking that's a 1-1 scoreline. Tottenham, Man City, my big upset of the week. And I, I guess it really is an upset because Tottenham are the long shots at home at plus 290. I like Spurs for this one. United, I think, will get their first home win against West Brom at minus 294. On to the Sunday games. I predict Everton will win at Craven Cottage at minus 110. I think a 2-1 scoreline on that. Sheffield United at Bramall Lane should beat West Ham United. I'm saying 1-0 on that, uh, and they should get their first win on the season. Leeds United will lose to Arsenal, I'm predicting, at Ellen Road. Liverpool will draw Leicester City at Anfield. 
Crystal Palace will beat Burnley at Turf Moor. And finally, at Molyneux, it will be a draw between Wolverhampton Wanderers and Southampton. Those are my picks for you. I hope you enjoy them. Last week, I was 75%, which is a good record. Let's see how I do this week. I'm pretty confident about most of these, but some of them, obviously, you know, taking a bit of a flyer, looking at the, at the values, thinking maybe that's worth it. Uh, but look, if you're going to gamble, go ahead and place your bets at betonline.ag. But if you're going to do it, please, folks, do it responsibly. Make gambling uh, part uh, of, of your entertainment and not your, uh, and not your life, okay? It's really important to keep that balance and enjoy it. Have a little bit of fun. Uh, I hope you'll join me Monday through Friday, 6 p.m., 9 Eastern, and then again at midnight and 3 Eastern time. That's a.m. on Sports Overnight America. I'm on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and uh, Sirius XM uh, uh, Sirius, uh, Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. That's where you can find me Monday through Friday. Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. Have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe. Have fun. Enjoy the football. And I'll talk to you on Monday. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube